Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. It's Marshall Fant with GFA Missions. Glad you're joining us on this episode of ReChurch. ReChurch is our podcast sponsored by GFA to help churches renew, refocus, and revitalize their ministries. We want churches to be healthy churches, and a healthy church is a church that glorifies God by equipped disciples continually making disciples. So our guest uh, today is going to help us work through some things. Dale Cunningham, welcome. Well, thank you. Good to be with you always. Yeah, so Dale has been with us before. He did a couple of podcasts on sabbaticals. And uh, Brother Dale, today, Pastor Cunningham, today we're going to be dealing with a topic so I call this You Asked For It series, okay? So this is uh, listeners have called in, asked for uh, to address certain topics, and the topic today would be one about deacons. And I know you, for the sake of our audience, you've pastored for how many years? I've been a senior pastor, to use that term, for 37 years. Okay. I'm currently at Boone's Creek Bible Church in Johnson City, Tennessee, and uh been here 20, uh, going on 21 years. All right. So I think you're well equipped to answer this. And let me, Dale, I'm read to you the question, and then we'll break it apart piece by piece. Okay. So this question was sent okay. in to us uh, to address on future podcasts. It says, so the background is this uh, man pastors, solo pastor. Okay. So he doesn't have a staff. So question number one, how do I as a pastor encourage the deacons of our church to be active in all the services of the church, especially Sunday evening service and prayer meetings? Secondly, should we have deacons who do not participate in evening services? And then also, is it better to have deacons who attend only Sunday mornings or better not to have deacons at all? And what would a pastor do if he has no deacon board? All right, so um, Dale, you and I have hmm. talked about this. So, what would the first question? So, how do you encourage uh, the deacons of your church to be active in all the services? Where would you start if you were counseling this pastor? Well, one of the first things that uh, I would want to find out is: is this dear brother uh, spending time with these men in one-on-one discipleship? Okay, uh, I, I'm we have our expectations going in as to what we think deacons ought to be. Sure. But I think as we heard many years ago, the heart of every issue is an issue of the heart. And only the Holy spirit can through the word of God change all of us to understand the Christ that's in us and to walk and participate with Christ in his ministry and his church and, I personally believe that the first starting point place is that this dear pastor needs to meet with those men one-on-one, come to know their heart, walk through the scriptures together and begin to disciple them and explain to that man. Maybe he doesn't know, maybe he doesn't understand what the real expectations of a born again believer are, as opposed to being a deacon. Um, all right. So again, all right. So first, let's back up. You're talking doing this one on one, not from the pulpit berating men, right? So we would correct. would not want to do that. So as correct. as we're doing this, you're talking about meeting them one on one. So where would you start? Would you start with 
with Acts, and would you start with First Timothy three? Uh, where would you even begin this discipleship process? I know you're trying to do it one on one, which is I agree with fully. Okay, but how, where would you start? All right. So, in very simplistic terms, where would it start? Uh, it's very possible that this pastor has never heard the personal salvation testimony of this man. That's true. It's very possible he's come into a church and this man is already a deacon and he's just, and maybe he's been there two or three years and still has never heard the personal salvation testimony. And let's face it. We all talk about this, but there's a lot of folk in our church who are members who have never been born again and sure. really don't understand what the gospel is. Sure. I mean, I can tell you personal experience. We had a deacon. First of all, this man needs to sit down. Uh, pastor needs to sit down with him and, and begin in the very elementary things. Then ask questions. What do you know about deacon roles? What is What does scripture teach about deacons? And just ask very, very lovingly, kindly, and then as he answers, then respond from Scripture. Meet with him on, uh, uh, you know, whether it's once a week or whatever's necessary, once a month. Read the Scriptures together, discuss them, get a good book about deacons, and maybe say, I want to meet with you once a month, and we're going to read this chapter together. And yeah. We're going to walk through this. Yeah, and in our show notes, we'll be putting uh, a couple of books there that you've recommended, one you've recommended as well as another for those to reference. All right, so um, Pastor Cunningham, let me ask you this. So you're, you're talking about meeting one-on-one uh, probably once a month or once a week to figure out, make sure, number one, the, the fellow is saved, and number two, that he understands the role of a deacon. All right, so you address two things here. You address a pastor coming in who has deacons that were already deacons before he got there, right? Right. Okay, so let's talk about – uh, now that he's been there a few years, all right, so all this is now on him. How do you, at your church, at Booms Creek Bible Church, how do you go about the selection process of deacons? Well, we're we're getting ready to, to move into that even right now, and I had a meeting just yesterday with our assistant and working through this, and that years ago, our, our congregation would make nominations we are now watching these men as we're discipling and we're, we're seeing these men grow. And we come up with these names after obviously prayer uh, in our own group. And then we will go and talk to them and get to know them ahead of time. Okay. Uh, we've already spent time with them, discipling with them. Um, this role of, and uh, again, the discipling piece allows you to really understand the heart of a man. One-on-one. Yes. And so how do you, how would you determine if you're meeting with this man and he is uncommitted and now he, he understands you've gone through Acts chapter six. Okay. You've got the whole role of, of those that are chosen to serve. And then you got, you've gone through first Timothy three, you've gone through all the character qualifications there. And so what would, how, what would you do if he says, pastor, I, I just cannot be there on Sunday night or Wednesday night. I'll give you everything else you got. Uh, but I, I, that's just not on our priority list. Well, then, then we need to roll back into beyond the role of a deacon. And as an individual, uh, explain to him why it's important for believers to gather corporately. Okay. 
So now we've got to go to Hebrews. We've got to go to other New Testament passages concerning the church, the, the reason we gather, and make sure he understands um, that why we're there to minister. That's, that's what we do. We serve. Now, if he doesn't want to do that, then we've got a heart issue that's going to be revealed later on in areas of service. And therefore, at this moment, he's not ready or he needs to step aside. And it may be a hard decision to say to him, you know, we, we've got to be all in for Christ or not. Right. And we have to say to him, you know, I'm going to have to ask that you would prayerfully consider stepping aside. So it, it, there is a point where once you have met with him and prayed with him and discipled him through this, there's a point where then you would have to either, uh, it may be a point where he would need to step aside. So Exactly. And, and this is not an overnight thing. You're just right. not real quick. Right. You know, we've been working through this for a while. Okay. So, but there is that point where he either matures and, and is committed to fulfill his role as a church member and as a deacon by being there, or either there's a time where you have to help come to the conclusion where it's just not going to work. Is exactly. That, okay. Yeah. And it's your yeah. job. Can we say this is hard to do? <laughs> it, it is very difficult to do. And, and the sad part about it is, and I deal with this in my own life, is that those hard, difficult things, we want to try to do everything we can to, to not have to make that decision. Right. And so we'll, we'll kind of soften in ways or we'll kind of tiptoe around it instead of just being obedient and lovingly obey what Scripture tells us or the examples of Scripture. Okay, so let's go back to another hypothetical that somebody's dealing with. All right, so you, you come into a church, and you're now the senior pastor, and you let's say you're the only pastor, and you know the culture of the church needs to change. All right, so how would Pastor Dale Cunningham lead a a change of the church's culture to a number one to a disciple making culture where not only deacons are committed to this, but everyone's committed? So how would outside I, I know you, so you're not going to stand there and pound the pulpit on this. So how would Pastor Dale Cunningham lead a cultural change in the church? Three, and I'm going to reveal again that I'm a, I'm a preacher because I've got three points here. <laughs> all, prayer, patience, and precept. Okay, explain. First of all, I'm convinced, and it, it, let, let's face it, none of us spend the amount of time in prayer that we need to. Right. All right, but... Having said that, in all of these questions, in all of these scenarios, our greatest ally is our God and the fact that the church is Christ. And we need to be sitting at his feet as even as Hezekiah laid out the, the letter and prayed and sought God's face. What's, what am I to do? And while praying, we are patient. As pastors, it's re- I, I'm, I am an example of this. I'm an impatient man. I want to see things move now. Right. But if I'm really praying, 
and seeking God's face and waiting for him to surprise me, Jeremiah 33, 3, and watch him do his work his way in patience. Not only is God changing the culture through prayer in my church, but he's changing me. Amen. And then through precept, I'm teaching people from the word in a loving fashion. And even going way back, for instance, this is a little something small here, but no longer in our church, it's been this way for a long, long time. We do not in a meeting when there's something to be voted on. We do not ask the question, all in favor signify by saying aye. Okay. All opposed. That's a humanistic response. Our question is, if you believe God is honored by this decision, raise your right hand. Okay. If you believe that God is not honored by this, raise your hand. Because it's not what I want, whether this should be that meets my needs or, or fits my likes, but is this really going to glorify God and is Christ going to be exalted? You know, and that came through teaching over right. the years. Right. So uh, you're talking to this pastor. He's on the phone. He's listening to you talk right now, and he, he's new in the church. Now, again, I know this varies by the age of the pastor, the maturity of the pastor, and the status of the congregation, whether it be, you know, spiritual, carnal, whatever. But how long should a man, and he inherits this, how long should it be before he starts to address this topic of deacons not coming to the services, the, the outside Sunday morning? Well, I, I personally believe that if he's, if he's a younger man, um, he, he doesn't need to do anything, even an older man. It right. needs to be careful. Don't do anything within the first year. Okay. And and, and there's a year to pray. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I'm serious. Yeah, I really, yeah, I'm first, I, I, the older I get, the more I realize how much we prayer is kind of like a stepchild. Yeah. And I don't mean that unkindly to stepchildren. I'm just saying no. it just, you know, um, but we, God is able to do great and mighty things. This beyond our comprehension is according to the power that works within us. That's right. And, and so I think uh, it, even for uh, this situation, a pastor who's younger or older, if he's through the, the ministries, he's found some men that he can uh, find some confidence in to join him in prayer. Because now he's discipling those men about the need of prayer. Because even as he's waiting for God to move on this, and saying, let's pray about this. Let's see what scripture says. He's not only discipling his own heart, but he is teaching in a major way about the importance of prayer yeah. among his other people. Right. All right. So as, as the church matures, as the deacons mature in, in our discussion about this, you, you mentioned, um, really that is in order, we don't want power struggles in the leadership of the church. We want teamwork. Okay, so you had mentioned the word, the word teamwork between uh, pastors and deacons, pastors, elders, deacons, whatever the situation the church would be. So how, how would you develop? I mean, we know we're praying together and you're meeting one-on-one. Are there any other things you would do in your, in your organization or in your meetings that the, the, as the whole deacon body meets together? Um, Pastor Cunningham, is there anything you would do to develop this this teamwork concept 
So we're all pulling together for the glory of God and not working against each other? Well, something that I'm grateful for, a man taught me years ago in my young days uh, up in Indiana about the 312 multitude principle is what he called it. And how that Jesus spent time, obviously, with the 12, but he really poured into the three. Right. And I think one of the greatest advantages that a pastor has in building teamwork and camaraderie and, and moving away from a pastor that he spends time with those three men or that want that, you know, and I, I don't even like to, we don't use the term deacon board here. Okay. It's not a board. Uh, We've even taught our people here that our deacons are not their sounding board against what the preacher's doing. (laughs) Uh, We're teaching, if you have an issue with somebody, go talk to them. And I don't want to get off on another trail here just for a moment, but let me come back to what you asked. And that is that, so you spend time with the deacon chairman, whatever, if that's the term you want to use, and you pray with him. Uh, the other uh, the other men like the, the finance man or whatever and, and you get to know them and they get to know you uh, one of the main men on our group right now i've heard him say to many other men you need to spend time with pastor if you want to know his heart right you need to spend time with him and he's always encouraging on the back on the other side as a deacon those men to spend time with me and as you're spending time in prayer together Yes. Then the, the unity is built, and you really, at least I have yet to find a pastoral staff or any any group, leadership group, that if they pray together, they're not going to be at odds with each other. Exactly. Which goes back to your first point. Not only pray as a pastor, but you must lead and join in prayer with these men. Yes, and, and let me go one step further, too, and that is that as pastors, we do not sit down at the table let's just say at a restaurant one-on-one or wherever we're meeting and we are the kingpin. We're the authority. We're the spirit. man. We've got it all together. We too need to display humility, transparency, right? right. And even to the point as uh, one of man that was a uh, deacon chairman here for several years and has now since moved away. Uh, I had great confidence in him and I would look at him. I'd say, do you see any blind spots in me? Amen. Yeah. And we're growing together. Yes. And that's the unity, right? Yes. And the, and the humility. Exactly. And we see that throughout Acts 6. We see that, men of good reputation, we see that as your qualifications in Titus 1 and in 1 Timothy 3 as well as the deacons. Yes. All right, so let's yeah. shift gears here. Okay. What would you do? if all your deacons resign and you find yourself as a church with no deacons and we know deacons of biblical office. So, um, so I got twofold question for you. What would you do with that? And then we want to circle back to, um, the development of deacons. Okay. So first let's say you find yourself in a situation where you don't have any deacons. What would you do? So let me, let me ask a question to make sure that I understand we're, we're not saying that something quote unquote catastrophic has happened at church and all the deacons have just bailed out. You're just saying the pastor doesn't have any deacons at Correct. all. Correct. Right? He has right? no deacons. That what yeah. That's that. That's a good point you right. brought up. Yeah. He, ha- he comes into a church and there are no deacons. There's no one qualified. Okay. Let me go for a little bit further. 
So again, um, yep. where would you start? What would you do? Well, first of all, I'd I'd step out on front on the front porch of the church and shout glory, <laughs> because, and and that's not from the standpoint of I don't have any deacons. No, right. no, I get to begin with a fresh start. Amen. Yeah, getting to know some of the men in the church, and to do what we as pastors we want our people to be fulfilling the great commission as being making disciples who make disciples. There you go. But we now as pastors, we have to also portray, we have to lead in that area. We've got to be one. So as we're getting to know men in the church, uh, I mean, you think about in a month's time, you, you could, if, if you just did it once a week, you could spend time with four different men. And just take them out for coffee, take them out for a lunch, just ask questions, um, one-on-one, get to know their heart. And, and then you begin to see, do they have a serving heart? Do, what, what is their understanding of the gospel? What do they understand about the Christ that lives in them? And on and on and on. And out of that, again, prayer, <laughs> patience, and precept, that you come to understand your men and the Lord leads you to those men who can come alongside and fulfill meeting those tangible needs in the church. All right. So would you, um, so let's go, uh, if it's a church plant or let's say a replant, of course the pastor could go under the home church, the sending church and ask his deacons to watch over the church with him. That'd be one option. If it, if you're a new church, right. Mm-hmm. All right. If you're an existing church, so what would you do if, if let's go to that second situation, you said that you had all your deacons resign, you try to, you try to disciple them and they all resign and they say, we're not coming on Sunday night. We're not coming on Wednesday night. We're not participating in this. Um, and, and therefore we all resign. What would you do then? Well, <laughs> Well, uh, that that's a situation that uh, um, I, I would think that this pastor. My first response is he's he's probably on his way out the door too. If that yeah. if that happens, yeah. Uh, there, there's a deeper issue going on in that church. There we go. So, if he's willing to stick it out, though, then he needs to to do go right back to the first thing we talked about. And that is to, he needs to gather some other men, whether they're in the church or some fellow pastors and pray about what, what should we do? Lord, give, <laughs> give me wisdom. What sure. to know the next sure. step is because this is, that's tenuous. Woo. That, that, that's rough. Hard. But they, they got, this happens. This happens. Sure. Okay. Sure. All right. And also in the show notes, I, sorry with so you, let, if, I, if I put your email address. Go ahead. Let me, I'm sorry, mention this. If that does happen, that pastor needs to be, and I, I, we've all been in those hard times, but that pastor needs to be encouraged. The church doesn't belong to him. That's right. This is Christ's church. Yeah. And he may be, and, I, and this is not a slam toward deacons. I, I, I don't even, I, I, I don't have that mindset about, mm-hmm. you know, it's the pastors against the deacons. No, but the Lord may be doing that church a favor. He may doing, be doing a, th- a favor in the pastor and, and maturing him and preparing them for something down the road. There we go. All right, now let's go to the next step. So as the pastor is changing the culture of the church or he is planting a church, whatever he's doing, 
if he's got a disciple-making mindset, he should be seeing people come to Christ. All right, exactly. so as your, as your experience from the time a man is saved and he's in a good disciple-making, um, he is willing to be discipled, and this guy's maturing. Uh, and, we, and he fits the qualifications in First Timothy 3, and, and he's a man that has a good reputation, uh, Acts 6, uh, what I mean, I know there's nothing inspired about this, but on the practical side, Pastor Cunningham, what would be your experience from the time a man is saved until he probably can serve as a deacon in the church? What 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 have you experienced in that? Well, number one, you've been watching him. Yeah, you've been spending time with him, and and there's a it's an interesting thing how the Holy Spirit will mesh your heart together with other men in your church. And so what happens is instead of us seeing a need and we say, Oh, I got to have a treasure. Oh, Hey, that guy's a, uh, is a businessman. He'd be a good one. Or we have a need for, um, let's say, um, so, some other area, you know, facilities, the technology yeah, or, or, yeah. Security yeah. or, or yeah, facilities sure. or whatever. Oh, he, he, yeah. no, uh, you, you, you just pluck somebody out. You don't even know their heart. You don't know how they are with their wife. Right. Um, I will tell you this. Uh, one of the greatest ways to find out the character of an individual is to play sports with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. Take him on the golf course, go play basketball. And, and, and you will see the character of that individual real quick. Amen. Uh, bring them into their house, play games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're just a board game. It's how they are. Them, you find out whether they're a man of prayer, whether they're heart for service, whether they have um, that heart to, to uh, uh, obviously, a heart of integrity. If they are, are, are diligent, if they're intentional, um, you, there's so many things you can, you can find out about. It's just spending time with people. It's, it's easy as a pastor, you know this, we could sit in our office and study, study, study. I love it. Love to read, love right. to study, whatever. Sure. But, wow, ministry is people. It is. And that includes, as you're spending time with people, that's where people develop. And then you help develop them so they can develop others, and that's where the multiplication comes uh, from yep. 3 to 12 to 70 and beyond, right? Yep, yep. yep. All right, any yep. other any – other, um, so all right, if we summarize this, uh, Pastor, if we summarize this whole thing, really it comes back to first, you've got to be a disciple-making pastor. You've got to be, we're commanded to do it. We need to be bringing people to Christ and then Christ-likeness. And as we're doing that, either with us or someone else in the church, the qualified men will, will I don't want to say rise to the top, but, that, but you understand. I mean, the, you, it will become obvious who is qualified and committed in this area before they come a deacon, right? Exactly. All right. Exactly. Okay. And, and, and I will say this, that the most important aspect of all of this is that each of us, we do not live the Christian life. Christ didn't live the Christian life. He is the Christian life. And we want to see Christ living his life out of these men. And that happens as we spend time with them in the word, in prayer, and watching them respond to the word, and then even turning around. And as you're discipling them, seeing them 
being willing to meet with us. Like right now, I have two men on my radar that I'm looking at that I've spent time with that are deacon material. But those two men of their own now are meeting together and discipling one another. Wow. Now, uh, are, do you ever have your deacons meet with the potential men to kind of um, vet them well, that way? Well, certainly. Okay. Yeah, once, once, once we have our eye on somebody, we'll say, you know, hey, you need, to, you, you need to spend time with them. Yes. Okay. So what I'm saying, this is an ongoing, continual process. This isn't what you do just when it's time to nominate deacons. It's what I'm trying to get around to. It, it, exactly. is, it is your culture within your church, always developing men, always developing women. And then the men who fit the qualifications and, and, and go, right. You have, you, you have hit something that's so crucial and, and that is exactly right. And that's where we've got ourselves in trouble is we go, Oh, it's time to elect deacons. Okay. Right. Oh, we got, we got, we're supposed to have seven and we only have three. I, I better find four more men. Right. Okay. So we don't know these people as well as we should, but as we're just through small groups, through, uh, going out to, to eat, having them in our home, just the fellowshipping, the growing. I'm telling you, you see the character and you go, ah, there's a man who, who could serve. And, and here's, here's the thing. You look at your congregation and you see the tangible needs of them, of your ministry, not, not somebody else's, but where God has placed you. And you say, ah, that man, he's got a heart for that. Right. And so, we move that direction. All right. So let me recap this yeah. and appreciate your time. So the, the question uh, that we're responding to, if a man has men that are currently only come on Sunday mornings and the church culture is Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, I think what you said in the beginning, he doesn't have to do anything to start, right? I mean, he does Correct. not, there, there's no re it's going to take time to, work through this to see if the men just don't know what they should be doing. They may never been equipped, may never been discipled, never may have been mentored. So first thing would be, I think you said pray. What were those three things again? Pray. Pray much. Be patient. Patient and, and precept. Precept Preach the word. Teaching. I, I think those three things, no matter what your situation is, those three things gives God the, the opportunity Amen. because you step out of the way because you, you prayer is decoration. Your dependence on God. Mm-hmm. Patience is you waiting on God Amen. and precept is you preaching the word of God. And therefore Christ does the work and changes lives because it's his church, not our church. That's correct. Okay. And we do believe he answers prayer. You better believe and it. we do believe his word changes people, right? Yes, sir. Oh, we're going to do something else. <laughs> All right. You know, you know, Marsh, here's, here's the thing. Look, look, I'm speaking to me too. You, you can either look, look what we've done. You man, if man does it, look what man gets. Yep. You're right. God does it. He gets the glory and he won't share his glory with anyone. That's right. All right. So what we're going to do, uh, if it's all right with you, we're going to put your email address in the show notes, as well as some other things. Some, one of the books you recommended, and I really appreciate your time. So you're available. If pastors have concerns about this, what, how you've done it, uh, you're available for them to contact you, right? Yes, and not only that, but I, I also have connections with some men who have served with me that are as deacons who could, who would give true biblical love and counsel to a pastor. 
from right. another perspective. All right, can we – let's pull back the curtain one more point. So I sent you these questions ahead of time. Tell, the, tell our listeners what you did with them. Who did you ask input from? Uh, so uh, to in, in the spirit of discipleship, yeah. I sent these questions to my deacons. Okay. Asked them to respond to them, but also have two men in our church who are in seminary online right. and are preparing for the ministry, and I sent it to them as well. It has created some great conversation and further discussion and opportunity for mentoring and building in the word of God. And we need to do that ongoing all the time and not when it's time to nominate deacons, right? Exactly. Amen. I just wanted to close that. Pastor Cunningham, thank you. Tell everybody Boone's Creek Bible Church, Johnson City, Tennessee. So if you're in the area, drop by Johnson City and uh, and, and visit Boone's Creek Bible. Now, one question now. When Tennessee plays Kentucky – in basketball, I think I, I don't think you're a Tennessee fan, are you? Well, no, I'm not. I, it, if I have a uh, if I need uh, a blood transfusion, I got to go all the way to Lexington because my blood <laughs> during basketball. But Marsh, it does bleed orange in football, but it's not out of Knoxville. It comes out of Clemson. I friend. hear you, brother. That's where we live. Okay, appreciate it. Hey, good talking right. to you. Love you in the Lord. We'll talk later. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org slash consulting.